we like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for June 3rd, 2018. And today it's pretty much a dedicated study on the uh, UFO phenomenon, the coming alien deception, a little bit different flavor than the last one that we did. Like I said, I'm going to try to start kind of incorporating these whenever I can because I've got so much material on this. There's more stuff coming out all the time. Um, also, the thing that is referred to as the ancient astronaut theory, that the aliens came here you know, millions of years ago and essentially started humanity. Hollywood's brainwashing us about that on, on about every level you can imagine and um, refuting that as well. Just new information that has come out since the last time I've done a study. Just And before we get on to that, just a little little Bible study on Bible verses on health. Just health. Now these are Bible verses that you can print out and um, if you're dealing with like a health issue, any health issue whatsoever, these are things, these are like positive affirmation verses. They're, it's all biblical, it's all KJV, and you could say them. I'm not saying it's exhaustive. I'm not saying it's every single verse in the Bible on health. But these are some good ones that you can keep in your Bible or wherever you want that you can um, recite, you know, on a daily basis and and um, claim them over yourself, you know. I mean, by doing that through faith, you know, the Lord can, the, the, the Bible refers to Jesus as um, the great physician. And, and we're going to be looking at verses that, you know, he talked about regarding physical healing, which was one of his main ministries here. I mean, if you look at what he did on planet Earth, one of the biggest thing he did, biggest things he did was heal people. Now, sometimes it was purely a physical healing, like uh, blindness or, or things of this nature. Maybe it didn't have a demonic component. Sometimes then it was just purely demonic things that were manifesting in that way. Sometimes it might have been a combination of both. Uh, so... Uh, we'll just start out with Mark 10, 52. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight. So by his faith, he, if he had no faith, he would not have got his sight back. Okay, that's the thing that we all need to see, is, is without faith it is impossible to please God. And faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. It's, it's what our salvation is hinges upon for you say by grace through faith and not not of yourselves it is the gift of god not of works lest any man should boast so um his faith in the lord jesus christ was the was the um pivotal thing whereby which he received his sight jesus healed him but if he had no faith for jesus to do that he wouldn't have got his sight back and, um, and it said, immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. Uh, Malachi 4.2 says, But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise. Now in this particular case, it's referred to as S-U-N. Sorry, I guess the old devil got in there and literally my computer shut down for absolutely no reason whatsoever. That was weird. <clears throat> so hopefully we'll be able to keep going here. Malachi 4.2, but unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise. And in that particular case, it's capital S-U-N. So this is the Jesus Christ. He, he, he is, um, you know, the Son of God, S-O-N, capital S-O-N. 
but he's also he can also be referred to as the son of righteousness s u n capital s um, and then it says the son of righteousness arise like the sun arises with healing in his wings and ye shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall so again just a good positive affirmation verse there luke 4:18 the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives. This is like major, major tenets of Jesus Christ's ministry. Okay? So, preach the gospel to the poor. And, it, and I think it says that because, not to say the rich can't get saved, but a rich person, according to the Bible, is very much more unlikely to get saved it's much more the ground if you had like a, a thousand rich people in an auditorium and a thousand poor people in an auditorium the ground that you're sowing that seed into and the, there's all these bible verses regarding that particular thing you know falls on stony ground and, and good fertile ground and these types of things um if you were going to go to somebody and preach the gospel you would most likely have a much more receptive audience if they were poor because a poor person has typically been humbled in life and, and um i'm not saying a rich person can't get saved the bible but the bible does talk about it's, it's easier for the camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of god so that's why i think he says that in particular to preach the gospel to the poor he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted and this is Jesus to preach deliverance to the captives. Um, whether they're you know the captive, they're captive to their own sin. The devil has them captive, that type of thing, and the recovering of sight to the blind, which would which would be there's two contexts. There's the physical people that are literally physical blind, and then there's those ones that are spiritually blinded, uh, and to set at liberty them that are bruised. So. There's another good verse. Matthew 9, 22. But Jesus turned him about, and when he saw her, he said, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith had made thee whole. So there's another example of a, of a, of a woman in this particular case who had total faith in Jesus Christ. And because of that faith in him, she was made whole physically. Okay? Now, the Bible says that God is the same today, yesterday, and forever. So these verses don't any less, but you could say, yeah, but Jesus isn't walking around on earth today. Well, yeah, but if you're a saved, born-again Christian, the Holy Spirit comes down and lives inside you. And that same Holy Spirit was given to Jesus, it, says, it said without measure, when he was on his earthly ministry, physically on planet earth. So we still have access to that same power, the Holy Spirit, okay, that worked through Jesus Christ. So these are just things, good things to keep in mind here. Um, and, and the woman was made whole from that hour. And then we go to Mark 9.23. Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Which is also then you go back into the realm of faith. Because believing requires faith. You know, call upon thee. And I will show thee, call upon me, and I will show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. The Bible says that in the Old Testament. Okay, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? So, another verse in the Old Testament. And so, going further here, uh, John 
3 John 1, verses 1 and 2. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. So those are that's a very, very good one. Very good positive affirmation verse. Uh, and, it, and it talks about literally being in health. I mean, we're body, soul, and spirit. If our body is not functioning properly, you're only as strong as the weakest link. So there's only... I mean, if, if you're suffering physically and you're in a, in a debilitated physical state, you can be on fire for God. And I'm not saying your prayers are ineffective, but you're, you're not going to have the energy output to go and do most likely what you want to do for God. It's going to hinder you, in other words. So if the devil can get us in our physical body, it affects our soul and spirit. It affects our ministry. It affects what, you know... God can do through us typically. Typically, um, and I don't mean to say like if somebody's in a wheelchair and he can't get out of that, that that person can't be effective for God or can't be a effective prayer or do a lot of other things for God. I don't want to imply that either. I'm not judging here, um, but obviously though, if if the devil has some physical infirmity over you and you're hindered physically, well, then that's going to affect all aspects of your life. Uh, let's go further. Uh, let's see here. First Peter two twenty four. Who his own self bare our sins in his body on the tree, that we, meaning Jesus, that we being dead to sins should live under righteousness, by whose stripes ye are healed. So there's another positive affirmation: by the stripes of Jesus Christ, ye are healed. Okay. And again, this isn't exhaustive, like what we're doing today, but there's some verses that, that you, like I printed these out and I just have them in, in my Bible and um, I'm, I'm trying to recite them too, like every day, just regarding my eye and these types of things. Luke eight forty eight through 50, And he said unto her, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. And again, there's is a very similar verse there. Go in peace. So it's faith is what makes us, faith is the, um, well, faith is the ev evidence of things hoped for, or, or faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen, Hebrews 1. So it always pivots on faith. It, it, so much of everything in our Christian walk, in, including initially salvation, pivots off faith, really does. Um, Proverbs 17.22 a merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit drieth the bones. So if you're if you're going around and your spirit's broken, it's going to affect you physically. I mean, it's a proven fact. They found that. Um, now, granted, I know there's about a thousand causes for cancer out there. Um, there's also a ton of stuff you can do to help it. But I have seen studies done in the past where they had talked about people that had a really negative attitude were much more prone to cancer than somebody that wasn't like that that was happy and and that had a, a merry heart and this type of stuff. Um, so it, as a man thinketh, so is he, the Bible says. So if you're thinking negative thoughts all the time, and I understand my studies are negative typically. I'm like the king of negative studies in a way. And then this is why I try to interject a lot of Bible Bible back into the studies. Because I'm trying to counterbalance as much as I can. 
the negativity of this present day world that the Bible did predict was going to be incredibly negative. You look at Revelation, you look at Daniel, you look at just a lot of the stuff it talks about, the Antichrist, the false prophet, and, and, and evil men and seducers are going to wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. And it, it's negative stuff. Um, so it's important, I think, to keep our eyes fixed and focused on the Lord Jesus Christ and to also have positive verses going through our minds as well. You know, Psalms is, is really good um, for that. And these types of verses that we're looking here, a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. You know, so that's another remedy. A medicine is a remedy. And it, we're not talking about pharmacia here. <laughs> so that's a whole other aspect. Because you could have some, I could put somebody on the best protocol in the world, my, my nutrients. And if they're, if they're like despondent and they have, they're, they're broken hearted or they're, they're super negative or they're full of hate or if they're full of bitterness, the root of bitterness springeth up and defileth many. Okay, or even if they're full of something like pride, which is a very negative thing in God's eyes. Um, those things are going to dry your bones, essentially, spiritually. Okay, it's going to affect you negatively. I could put something in the best protocol in the world, they could follow it to a T, and if they've got the, this horrible attitude, and they're, and they're negative, and, they're, and, 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 and well, let's say there's a lot of other people feeding negative things into them. Like, let's say they want to be positive, but they, all their family members say, that's not going to work. You're, you're, I, well, there's always, those are, those, are the, those are the factors that I can't do anything about, typically. You know, and I think that's why um, sometimes people will try alternative things, and it doesn't work for them because they've got so many outside negative forces. Maybe it's, maybe it's them. Maybe it's a combination of them. Maybe it's a combination of them and their family. Maybe they're being worked like a dog. Maybe they're in a very negative environment at work. Maybe they're, uh, you know, living in a, a house where they're surrounded by, you know, cell phone towers and smart meters and they got the Wi-Fi bombarding them 24-7 and they're eating GMO food and they're drinking their fluoridated, chlorinated water and they're doing all this garbage that's just negating everything else. I wish life wasn't so complicated in the, in the present day and age we live in, but unfortunately it is. And, and health has been my specialty since 1993 when I graduated chiropractic college, got my doctorate there, and, and, and then I, I had already done all this extra training in clinical nutrition, which I've probably done more training in clinical nutrition than I put into my whole chiropractic career. Or to the point where I was being groomed to teach other doctors how to do this stuff like with the clinical nutrition I, and i don't want to say that like in a bragging i'm just saying that's what i i my focus has been on the health but these are factors that i'm talking about biblically speaking that i could put you on the best protocol in the world and that it could all be for not or negated or or greatly reduce the effectiveness at bare minimum of what we're trying to implement so um you know you could pray for wisdom understanding knowledge now the fear of the lord is connected to all of them the bible says the fear of the lord is the beginning of understanding knowledge wisdom so that is something you can pray for because if you're praying for fear of the lord i really believe the lord is going to be much more receptive to honor giving you more wisdom more knowledge and understanding okay um because it's connected it's it's totally connected and also protection of god is connected with fear of the lord the bible says and that's all through psalms and proverbs big time so anyway let's go into the the study for today and um 
so t Taylor had asked me about um, the the then the the concept then of where it talks about in Ecclesiastes where it says there's there's wisdom in the house of mourning, meaning um, not mourning like the sun coming up, but mourning like you mourn for someone. And again, it's a counterbalancing. I mean, it, it's it's the word of God is for me balance because you could sit there and focus in on the one like hey, merry heart doeth good you're not always going to be merry obviously um and there's wisdom in the house of mourning so you you counterbalance it but if you think about it if you go to the house of mourning if you go to a funeral you're only going to be there for like that time period and it's something that you want to contemplate it's something you, you really want to take to heart and there may be a season in your life where you're more in that mourning state let's say you had your wife died or something or you had a child died or some family member died and you're not going to just you're going to be there maybe a long time um depending on how it's affecting you depending on the person and this type of stuff uh but you know eventually you want to break out of that you 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 you, you want to come out of that and you want to pray to god you want to pray to god that he pulled you out of that and and but we always learn the most in the valleys you know, when you're on the mountaintop, you don't learn a lot. But if you th and there's nothing growing on the mountaintop, but in the valley, that's where you learn. In the darkest places of our of our lives, is typically where we learn. Where it's either it's either gonna, and I don't really mean as a Christian, but a person, just a regular person in life, even an unsaved, it's either gonna drive you closer to God, it's gonna drive you away. Now, I guess it could happen that way for a Christian as well. You know, theoretically, uh, God will test us. Okay, and um, so you want to use those times when you're in the valley, when you're in the house of mourning, to draw close to God, to put your roots down real deep, because that's where stuff grows is in the valley, not up on the mountaintops. Okay, and and so I mean I've been there, <laughs> I've been in that that valley, and I've been in that. I called it exquisite agony. I was there for about a year. Um, and I've told that story story before. I mean, I, I was just begging God to either accelerate, make it worse. It was so horrible. Every time I would go to church, I'm, I'm not. I this God is my witness. Just about every single time, I would go to the altar and just bawl my eyes out on my knees, bawling my eyes out, um, crying out to God to to because I was under His chastisement. I deserved every bit of it. You know, I deserved every bit of it and more. And, um, I, I mean, but I drew closer to God than I had ever drawn probably in my life. I'm trying to re recollect back in that, that agony that I was under, that chastisement I was under, you know, it definitely changed me. I definitely learned that lesson. And what happens is, is you have a much, um, less propensity to ever fall back in that sin ever again because you don't want to go through that agony ever again when you when you've went that far i i was it it hurt so bad that i was i said god make it i asked god to make it worse so i could get through it quicker because i didn't want i didn't want to go that way for like year after year i mean i was i was seeing patients as a chiropractor i go in between patients just ball my eyes out and then have to come out and just see patients and stuff and, and it was very very hard being a doctor and doing that you know because you know it was it was it was i, I fasted for the first 
oh man, for the first 60 days, I fasted about 40 days out of the 60. I didn't do a straight 40-day fast. I, I had I did about a week at a time, and then I would go like, I don't know, three or four days and not anything. And I was seeing patience. <laughs> and going going to church and doing everything else you have to do in life as a single dad trying to raise my daughter. And it was agony. And God can put it on you. But, you know, you reap what you sow. And, and so better to reap in this life than, you know, not ever have God chastise you and die as an unsaved person and, and pay for it in hell for eternity. And so the Bible talks about that. Whom the Lord loveth, you know, he'll chasteneth. And if, if you be without chastisement, then you're bastards. And in this particular case, I had, I had gotten away with something for a long, long time. Been with a woman I should have never been with. She, she did con me. I, I thought she was a Christian. I learned that later. She was an absolute total devil from the pit of hell that you know uh, i was totally blinded at that point and i had i really wasn't under god's chastisement while i was actually doing this it was like two or three years it was like i was blinded then church the whole nine yards but when it ended oh my word it was instantaneous that was when god said okay now it's your turn now it's your turn to be punished now you're going to reap what you sowed, and it was about a good solid year, and it led up. It wasn't. It was, those first few months were just, I, I, I mean, I, it was, it was horrible. It was one of the worst things. I, it was the worst thing I've, I've ever, ever had to deal with, and um, I was in that valley. I mean, in, in suffering on a level I, I can't even describe to you, um, but eventually God pulled me out of it. And um, I've never went back to that to that sin pattern ever again, ever. I mean, I'm I'm terrified of that because you suffer that le on that level. You know, you don't want. But I wasn't on the mountaintop then. But nothing grows on the mountain. You know, nothing grows. It's just your mountaintop. <laughs> you grow in the valley. So that's the counterbalance to, you know, that's the house of mourning. Whereas, you know, a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. And, um, yeah, I probably lost, I don't know, I probably went from like 215, 210 to about 170, I think I got down to like 178. I lost over, uh, I think it was about 40 pounds altogether. I, it's hard, it, you know, time goes by or whatever and, and you don't recall things as, as um, crisply as you did at the time but so that's the counterbalance anyway let's go let's get into the study here um the first report is entitled 4655 reported ufo sightings in 2017 490 in california alone ufo sightings are nothing new the puritans the puritans reported strange sightings and lights in the sky as early as the 1600s. What, what, are, what are the church people that don't believe in UFOs and, and that type of stuff do with that? You know, what do they do with that? They were reporting strange sightings and lights in the sky as early as the 1600s. 
With the advent of movies about outer space and unidentified flying objects came even more sightings. The National UFO Reporting Center has an entire website dedicated to the collection and dissemination of objective UFO data. The organization curates reports of UFO sightings in the U.S. and Canada via a web form and a phone hotline, which has operated almost continually since 1974. This organization logged a total of 4,655 sightings in, in 2017 alone. And the UFO sightings are increasing. And you have to understand, too, that's just the ones that are being reported. Which is probably about, what do you think? One out of ten people that actually sees something, that actually goes the extra distance to find who they have to report to actually report it? Because there's a big stigma about it. So, who, I mean, it's probably, you know, ten times that. Bare minimum. Next report, U.S. US aircraft carrier was stalked for days by a UFO traveling at ballistic missile speed, which could hover above the sea for six days. Leaked Pentagon report. Uh, The unclassified 2009 Pentagon report on a Navy encounter with a UFO has leaked F-18s encountered the strange object off the coast of Mexico in November of 2004. Previously released video shows the object flying at incredible speeds. New reports suggest it may be a dock. It may have been docking with an underwater craft, which is very common. These things, many, many of the times, you'll see them come straight out of the water, because the water is so easy, you know, to cloak things. I mean, you're underwater. There's, they're, they're not going to be most likely be detected. And again, it's just fallen angelic technology, which is what we're dealing with here. We're dealing with, you know. Satan and his fallen angels and his demons and devils, okay, that have taken, in certain cases, some type of of form, some type of, um, whether they're referred to as gray aliens, tall grays, small grays, Nordics, reptilians, whatever, some type of demonic Nephilim-type creature or creation of theirs that are literal containers for devils and demons, which I've heard that's what gray aliens are. And they're piloting these things. Now, I'm not saying our government doesn't have this as well and in in there's a lot of data about that as well where they reverse engineered things and created their own or, or or retrieved fallen spacecrafts and things of this nature and they created their own that can also always be a factor here as well um but it said the object was white 46 feet long shaped like a tic-tac with no wings or nasal Nisa Ls, whatever that is, descended from it descended from sixty thousand feet to fifty feet above the water, evidently at ballistic speed, at ballistic missile speed, and then it hovered. So that's just one little report there. I give you the full link there if you want to know more. And then this next report: UFO sighting reportings are increasing over the years. It seems UFO sightings have steadily been increasing. So we went in search of evidence with the Mutual UFO Network, MUFON which is one of the oldest and largest civilian UFO investigative organizations in the United States. On March 2016, uh, I'm sorry, 2017, March 16, 2017, the MUFON website stated that the sighting, the UFO sighting reports were up 37% from the previous week, up 24% from the previous month, and up 31% from the previous year. It's worth noting that most people who see a UFO don't contact MUFON to register their sightings, which is what I was just saying earlier. 
This means the above figures are well below the actual number of sightings in the country. So that's, you know, we have that. Then let's see some presidential quotes about UFOs. Okay, now this is all in the PDF I have for June 3rd, 2018. And uh, something you, that you could potentially show somebody that doesn't believe in this, that's a Christian. Um, you could show all these presidential quotes. I even got their picture next to the, UF, the quotes. Harry, uh, President Harry S. Truman, I can assure you that given, given they exist, these flying saucers are made by no power on this earth. John F. Kennedy, President John F. Kennedy, the U.S. Air Force assures me that the UFOs pose no threat to national security. Yeah, right. President Richard M. Nixon. Now, if, you, if you've ever... Uh, I, I did a teaching. It's called the Grenada. Just came Grenada. Where we actually entered into a treaty with these entities. In exchange for them allowing to experiment on a limited number of our population. We exchanged that, that they would give us goodies. Like technology and things of this nature. And it's a really weird coincidence around that same exact time. Because you say, oh, now you're really going out in left field. Okay, why is it then at that exact same time in history, all of a sudden people all, of, all over America started getting abducted at an increasing rate? So about the same time these abduction phenomenon started happening. It's almost like when the devil comes to your door, or a vampire comes to your door, or black-eyed children, they're always trying to get you to let them in. Well, from a treaty standpoint, our own president entered into a treaty with these entities and gave them permission to experiment on our own population to a certain extent. Now, they've went far, they far exceeded what they should be doing according to the treaty from what I've heard. But, you know, like when you make a deal with the devil, like you think he's going to honor it? And at the same time, that was the same time when our, our technology started exploding. Our technological advances with computers and all of these different things that started coming on the scene started exploding. While it's no coincidence, okay, because we were getting the technology from them. President Richard M. Nixon, I'm not at liberty to discuss the government's knowledge of extraterrestrial UFOs at this time. I am still personally being briefed on the subject. President Gerald Ford, I am a firm in the firm belief that the American public deserves a better explanation than thus what has been given by the Air Force, I strongly recommend that there be a committee investigation of the UFO phenomenon. I think we owe it to the people to establish credibility regarding UFOs and to produce the greatest possible enlightenment of the subject. End of quote. President Jimmy Carter, his description of his 1969 UFO sighting. It was the darndest thing I'd ever seen. It was big, it was very bright, it changed colors, and it was about the size of the moon. Well, in relation to where he was standing or when he saw it, the moon in the sky. Uh, we watched it for 10 minutes, but none of us could figure out what it was. One thing's for sure, I'll never make fun of people who say they've seen unidentified objects in the sky. End of quote. President Ronald Reagan, description of his 1974 UFO sighting. Quote, I looked out the window and saw this white light. It was zigzagging around. I went up to the pilot, and I guess he was, I, I don't know if he was, um, no, he, he wasn't president at that time. But he, I, I guess it was, um, I don't know if he was on a plane flight of some sort. He said it was zigzagging around. I went up to the pilot and said, have you ever seen anything like that? He was shocked. He said, nope. And I said to him, let's follow it. <laughs> We followed it for several minutes. It was a bright white light. We followed it to Bakersfield, I'm assuming California, 
And all of a sudden, to our utter amazement, it went straight up into the heavens. When I got off the plane, I told Nancy all about it. End of quote. Nancy, his wife. Good old Council of 13 uh, member, uh, devil boy, President George H.W. Bush, he said, Americans can't handle the truth. I am very careful in public life about dealing with classified information regarding UFOs. And then we have these other things. This is a quote from uh, Victor Marchetti. He worked in the CIA from 1955 to 1969. Here's a picture of him in the, in the PDF we have. And he says, we have indeed been contacted, perhaps even visited by extraterrestrial beings, now known as IBs or inter, interdimensional beings, which the reason they would call them interdimensional beings is many times, like let's say you get into an alien abduction scenario in your bedroom, and these things just like they, they seem to just morph out of thin air. Just like a demon or a devil can literally morph out of thin air and, and go come into our plane of existence. Okay, I think that's why they would call them that. And not to say that these things don't also have physical bodies most of the time that can be killed. Okay. Um, so but they've got this ability seemingly to cross over different dimensions. And sometimes I think they may be truly, purely um, interdimensional beings where it's like a, almost like a spiritual entity, like a demon or a devil or a fallen angel that doesn't have a body. And that sometimes it appears as though they definitely have physical bodies that can sometimes still pass through walls. Well, they've got all this advanced technology, you know. Um, so, I mean, these things were once, I mean, the fallen angels in particular, were once in heaven with God, okay? So you can imagine the type of technology God has. And then a third of the angels fell when Satan fell, and they took whatever they could take, whatever God permitted them to take technology-wise that was in their head with them, and this is how we have all of these advanced technological things that, you know, like UFOs and things of this nature. So, um... I'll just start over this quote again. We have indeed been contacted, perhaps even visited by extraterrestrial beings, now known as IBs or interdimensional beings, and the U.S. government, in collusion with other national powers of the earth, is determined to keep this information from the general public. That's, that's up until the time when the big D-Day happens, Disclosure Day happens, where they will be revealed to humanity. That's their, that's their plan. And it's ultimately their plan to destroy the faith of all Christians. Because they're going to say, they're going to come like there are, there are creators. Most likely they're going to man, manifest themselves like these ascended masters that have been around and been communicating with all of these new agers for all of these years through automatic writings and all of these other different ways they've been communicating. They're going to come with all signs, line wonders, and miracles, just like the Bible says. And they're going to point eventually everybody to the Antichrist and the false prophet. And... This most likely is the strong delusion that the Bible refers to in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they will believe a lie, that they might all be damned who receive not the love of the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Now that verse takes place in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, which is the exact same time when the Antichrist makes his arrival and the false prophet. And the falling away of the church happens. So I think this is the backbone of the strong delusion that's coming. I'm not saying it's the only aspect of it, but it's it's most likely a large, large percentage of it. And I've done 
so many teachings on this subject. If this is the first time you're hearing it, it's just key in alien, uh, alien agenda in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com. I've done probably at least 50 separate parts on the Nephilim, on the UFOs, on the alien agenda, maybe maybe far more than that. It could, maybe it's 100. Who knows? Uh, going further, this is a quote from Admiral Roscoe H. Hillencotter, first director of the CIA from 1947 to 1952. He said, behind the scenes, high-ranking Air Force officers are soberly concerned about UFOs, but through official secrecy and ridicule, many citizens are led to believe the unknown flying objects are nonsense. See, it's, it's all a program. And um, then he also made another quote. Through official secrecy and ridicule, many citizens are led to believe the, the unknown flying objects are nonsense. Oh, that's actually part of the same quote there. But again, that was Admiral Roscoe H. Hillencock, first director of the CIA. And that was actually printed, that quote was printed in the New York Times, uh, February 27th, 1960. Evidently, this is also mentioned in the book, The CIA and the Cult of Intelligence, by Victor Marchetti and John D. Marks. If you want to know more about the early um, deception scheme regarding this particular subject. I believe... Uh, further quotes from that book says, We already have the means to travel among the stars, but these projects are lo locked up in black projects. It would take an act of God to ever get, get them out to benefit humanity. They've got all of this, all of this technology. And, I mean, Jones lately has been dis discussing a lot how Trump has said one of the things that he wanted to do when he got into office was to release, like, the life extension technology and the free energy and all the stuff they're keeping under wraps to keep us in, under the bondage of fossil fuels and, and keep us um, dependent on the electric companies and um, uh, keep us dependent on the, the hospitals and the pharmacia and all of these control mechanisms they have set in place to keep us in total bondage. They've got technology where they could come out and basically heal basically everybody about about of every disease you could imagine now i'm not going to say it's going to address the demonic component of diseases okay but from a physical standpoint they've got all of this stuff they've had it under wraps they've known about it and they're not going to release it um unless it's some type of it says act of god to ever get them out to benefit humanity uh the uh, another quote from the book there are two types of ufos the ones that we build and the ones they, the ETs, or the IBs, the interdimensional beings, build. Which is kind of what I alluded to earlier. Where we've got reverse engineered, like Roswell, the Roswell crash, okay? When they got the, they got the technology there from the UFO that went down. Most likely that UFO went down because they were doing a nuclear test in that region at that time period. And it fried the UFO's um, componentry. And that's why it went down. I believe there was another UFO that went down as well. And there's been other UFOs that have went down, and they've got them, and, and, they, and they take them, and they try to reverse engineer as much as they can. And then whatever, whatever technology that these fallen angels and these demons and devils or whatever are giving them, and things that, are, that go on in like Area 51, and the even more secret part of Area 51, which is called S4, which is in the Papoose Lake region of, of that area, um, 
so we've got two types of UFOs, the ones we build and the ones they build, the ETs build. We learn from both crash retrievals and actual hand-me-downs. Um, ben Rich, former head of, of Lockheed Skunk Works, what a weird name, Skunk Works, um, he said, information on UFOs, including sighting reports, has been and still is being officially withheld. Colonel Joseph J. Bryan, founder of the CIA Psychological Warfare Staff, special assistant to the Secretary of Air Force, advisor to NATO. Oh, that, that was, he said that last quote, I'm sorry. Um, and then, okay, so that's about it. For, that was a little disjointed, uh, the thing there that I was reading from. Okay, now let's go ahead and let's play this video. And it's entitled, Warning, UFO Disclosure is Imminent. Okay, so let's play this video. This is uh, L.A. Marzulli, and this is his um, Power Prophecy in the Supernatural Report from April 30th of this year. Disclosed location deep in the heart of the Santa Monica Mountains. I'm your intrepid host, L.A. Marzulli. This is Politics, Prophecy, and the Supernatural Report. Hey, folks, I was watching Ancient Aliens last Friday, so today is April 30th. So now, we're going to talk a lot about Ancient Aliens today. It's an absolute tool of satan to brainwash the masses into this whole ancient astronaut theory which is basically where you know the aliens came millions of years ago and seeded humanity on the planet and there's there's a lot of different flavors of it we're going to talk about that today um and we are like their little science project that evolved into what we are now and uh, they've got to come back to police us because we've messed things up so badly and, you know, they're going to come as our weighted saviors and they're going to basically give us the uh, promise, you know, you'll be like gods, like us, if, if you just follow us and worship us and bow down to us. You just got to do what we say. A couple of days ago, Friday night, brand new show. And I was, I just sat there. In fact, I called my good friend Richard Shaw after it was done. And I, I just said, it could have come right out of my presentations. And I've been on Ancient Aliens season one and season two. Um, Basically, what they were doing, I would say something, and they would kind of twist it to their narrative. And that's fine. It's their show. They can do whatever they want. But from that came the Watchers series, all 12 of our Watchers series. That's what, that was the nexus. That's what launched the actual series. And, of course, now we've got the Watchmen Chronicles, my new series. And there's three installments in that. We're working on number four. All that to say this. I was taken aback by what I was seeing on Ancient Aliens, they are talking full-blown disclosure, and they're talking that it's going to happen soon. And the reason for that has to do with Tucker Carlson. I'm going to play you this clip. Some of you have seen it before, um, and I'm just going to mute the sound real quick, and um, let me see if I can get this up. Nope. Hold on. Back we go. Okay. Watch this. UFOs have been the stuff of conspiracy theorists for decades, often mocked for talking about it, but maybe they shouldn't be mocked. Commander David Fravor spent 18 years as a naval aviator pilot. Okay, let's stop right here. Here's something to think about. First of all, Lieutenant Fravor uh, is an unknown. He's an unknown entity. He doesn't have a blog. He doesn't have a book. He's not going on a book tour like uh, Comey is. <clears throat> we won't go there, will we? It's Monday. I'll be nice. But he, he doesn't have a book. Um, he's basically a non-entity. And you'll notice right here, what do we have? We've got 
what was classified UFO footage, and now all of a sudden, boom, it's on Fox News. How does that happen? How does that happen? It's not by accident, it's by design. We live, as Chuck Mister would say, in a managed agenda. So who calls up Tucker Carlson's producer, because he's not answering the phone, and goes, hey, well, we want this guy Fravor on because we want to disclose the so-called extraterrestrial presence. This happened in December of 2017. I have blogged about it. I've talked about it incessantly. But you know what? i, I got to keep bringing this up. I'm not going to let it die. Ancient aliens, is they're all ready for the alien saviors to come down. That's what they believe. I believe it's the coming great deception. So we have a real disparity in our thinking, in our ideology, uh, in our worldview, as it were, in the paradigms in which we operate under. So let, let's roll the clip. Let's watch more of what Tucker says, and I'll skip along and comment on this. Go ahead. 2004, he had an unforgettable encounter with an aircraft he said was defying the laws of physics. Right Former Commander Fravor joins us tonight. Thanks a lot for coming on tonight. Um, to tell, us, tell us what you saw. Well, we were on a uh, we had launched on a routine training mission. Uh, when we joined up, we were told that the event was going to be canceled, and that we have real world tasking, and we were sent out to the west. Now, take in mind that this has taken place about 100 miles southwest of San Diego, between San Diego and Ensenada, Mexico. Yeah. Uh, on a clear, perfect day, blue waters. We get out to the spot where they tell us it's at. Um, we start looking around. Now, they're, just so you know, they're showing Tucker Carlson. They're showing this man. And then they're showing the actual video of what he was seeing. They, because they've got all this cockpit camera stuff in the actual plane. And they're showing, I mean, it's got all these telemetry and stuff around it. They're showing the actual video of it to further confirm what he's talking about here, okay? So it's pretty heavy duty. Both of us, both airplanes, see a disturbance in the water and a white 40-foot long tic-tac-shaped object just hovering above the water, going forward, back, left, right. There's no rotor wash. There's no wings, nothing. So as we drive around in a clockwise flow, we get to about the 9 o'clock position, and I said, well, I'm going to go down and check it out, and the other jet is going to stay high. So as we go down, and when we get to the 12 o'clock position, it starts to mirror us. So it's in a clockwise flow, and it's on the opposite side of the circle from us. And we continue this. It's in a climb. We're in a descent. We're getting a great look at it. This whole thing takes about probably up to five minutes from the time we show up. I get over to the 8 o'clock position, it's at about the 2 o'clock position, and I decide I'm going to go and see what it is, and it's about 2,000 feet below me, and I cut across the circle, and as I get within about a half mile of it, it rapidly accelerates to the south in about two seconds and disappears. Okay, get this. Um, that rapid acceleration is something that, as far as I'm aware of, we don't have anything that's like that. Um, and he'll even state that. Listen to what he says. What, what would you estimate the speed? Oh, well above supersonic. It, it like, a bullet out of a gun, it took off. So from what you know about aerodynamics, mechanics... I'm going to skip this part. I want to get to what, Car what Tucker Carlson says, because this is really interesting here. Listen to what he says here. You know, there's, you know, talking to some physicists, they don't think the human body could handle that kind of force with that Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't sound, it doesn't sound like the human body could. So bottom line, what do you think this was? Here it goes. I believe, as do the other folks that were on the flight that we, when we visually saw it, that it was something not from this world. When Presumably you expressed that belief to your superiors. What did they say? Actually, we, we caught a lot of grief getting back to the boat, uh, and it got passed off as 
an event that no one could explain. See, see the way, they, and this is this is the old guard. So they see something. Um, he writes a report. It's nothing they can explain. You didn't see anything, and it's all kept hush hush until somebody somewhere trots this guy Fravor out along with what was classified footage. And now all of a sudden it's on primetime news on Fox Channel. You would, this is disclosure. This happened in December. You would think that people might... Well, let's, to be a little more accurate, this is called soft disclosure. Okay, this is what I've been reporting on over the last, oh my. Since I ever started doing UFO studies, okay, uh, the alien agenda, deception studies, this is called soft disclosure. This is something they, they that the government has come out and admitted that they were going to increasingly do. Some of it is coming out through the Hollywood brainwashing of the shows that we, like movies and things of this nature. Uh, some of it's coming out in, you know, print, TV, these types of things. A lot of it, there's former guys that are in the military, in the Air Force, or, or that were in these types of projects that are being permitted to come out and write books about this. High-level, credible sources, okay, that are not being assassinated because they're coming out with this because they've literally been given the green light to say, okay, we're going to come out, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna start doing this at, at an increasing, accelerated rate. This is just part of the soft disclosure program, what we're hearing right now. I'm going to be ringing off the hook, emails will be coming in, flatlined, nothing. I had one phone call from one pastor. That's it. The church is not dealing with this. Most people are not dealing with this. And the whole point of this, this PPS report, it's a warning. It's a warning. If ancient aliens, which is the other side of the aisle, ideologically from where I am, they believe it's inter, um, extraterrestrial, I believe that these crafts are interdimensional, they're talking about it. They're talking about it. The church has millions and millions of people who assemble every Sunday. This is the coming great deception, like it or not. Yep. And it's here. It's not pie in the sky anymore. It's not tinfoil hat nonsense anymore. I mean, is, is there a better coming great deception that you could possibly envision in your head that they've put more billions and billions of dollars into promoting our government and Hollywood and mass media? Some of it's been suppression, but a lot of it's been promotion of whatever agenda they're trying to push, whatever flavor of, okay, these are what the aliens are and these types of things. And that's what this study is today. So we're looking at that aspect of it. Okay, uh, I, I don't. I don't see anything else that could even touch it as far as as a coming great deception. It's right in your face. It's on Fox News. It's on Fox News. Let's continue. Now keep in mind they had been tracking these for two weeks prior to us seeing it, and this was the first time that manned airplanes had been airborne uh, when the objects appeared. This feels like a really big story to me. I, I'm not. It's not exactly clear why. Vladimir Putin's more interesting than this. I think this seems like a big deal. And Commander, I appreciate your taking the time to talk to us about it. You seem sober and believable, and I appreciate it. So the question is, how does Tucker Carlson, where does this guy come from? And who picks up the phone and goes, yeah, we want this guy on, and then he's on. And he's on very quickly. And that, that is alarming to me. Absolutely alarming to me. Because what it shows is that there's a managed agenda. There's a deep state. There's a shadow government which is manipulating and, and not only manipulating the, um, but, but 
basically keeping the narrative where they want it. They're manipulating a narrative and they're keeping a narrative where they want it. They dominate the narrative. They are now leaking this stuff out, this information out. Same thing, and you'll notice December 18th, 2017, we had rapid, rapid information that came out at the end of December. The government admits it studies UFOs. Whoa, wait a minute. The government admits that it's, well, how does that work? Do they look at old black and white photographs? Let me see, and trade them like baseball cards. I'll trade you uh, one over Sonora for uh, a two over Roswell. How does that sound? I mean, what do they do? How do they study UFOs? Are they back engineering alien crash, alien craft? Are they uh, doing DNA testing on retrieved alien bodies? I mean, these are all legitimate questions. So we, we have that, and it goes on for another, um, this interview uh, goes on for about another 15 minutes. So I, I give you the link to that if you want to hear that i'm i'm just trying to get through as much stuff as i can today here so the next report is entitled the day the earth stands still the secret effort behind official disclosure finally revealed three very mysterious shiny lights have police and residents puzzled this pilot who flew barack obama says ufos are real and he's seen one firsthand the triangular shaped flashing object appears to be floating above the capital city so this large disc, oh yeah, massive. It was following you. It was pacing us. Here's this giant. And they're, they're showing the footage of what they're talking about, and I mean, this stuff looks legitimate. It does not look photoshopped. It looks, you know, real. Just above the clouds. And this is on Fox News. Another one. Big picture danger. Another pilot says most pilots believe in ETs because they've seen a lot of stuff they cannot explain. They've seen a lot of these UFOs. Oh, it was four species four different species ufo sightings odd object appears to be hovering in ohio skies at least have been visiting this planet for thousands of years that was that former prime minister i believe from canada that i've talked a lot about um very credible dude for the first time in history the disturbing truth behind the push for official disclosure of extraterrestrial intelligence and ufos has been uncovered for years religious and secular researchers have tried to determine how the world would react to a genuine extraterrestrial reality but what if their conclusions are wrong humankind has defined them as devilish creatures Yet something even more diabolical is occurring. What if there's a difference between ancient demonic phenomena and the question of extraterrestrial life? I mean, man, they have got the footage they're showing in the background. It's, wow. I mean, this is some crazy... I mean, this footage looks seriously legit. I mean, they're passing over power lines and things like this. And I mean, they're not... I mean, it's just... I just don't know how you could you could engineer all this and, and have it from so many different sources coming from, you know, so many different parts of the planet, and they're all hoaxes. just doesn't make sense at all. It was hinted at in the WikiLeaks. People really want to know. What there the he is, John Podesta, the, the king, kingpin, child molester, child torturer with his own kill room himself, John Podesta. Knows. I have said I want to. Hitlery, there's the next one that, that is the most sadistic pedivore, eats children and drinks their blood, demon from the pit of hell. <laughs> as much as we can. 
a reality that lurks in the shadows. It's weird, you know, they're the ones really, really wanting to push for disclosure. The two most vile people I could just about think about in high government. And they're really, really wanting that to, to, to come out. And, you, and ultimately, that agenda is to destroy the faith of really all religious, but in particular, born-again Christians. You know, the, the, the only true adversaries left on planet Earth in a physical body form is what I mean. I don't mean... I'm not saying that like Jesus Christ doesn't exist or angels don't exist or things of this nature. I'm talking about born-again Bible-believing Christians who can get on their knees and pray and fast and educate others and things like this. Those, that's the, the real true, um, only real true enemy in that particular form on planet Earth. And that's what disclosure is going to be all about doing, destroying our faith. Those. And the churches aren't preparing their congregations whatsoever in the least to, to battle it at all, from what I can see. Un unless you're going to a really good church that's getting into this type of stuff. Right. A truth so shocking, it threatens the destiny of every soul on planet Earth. You must ask yourself, why now suddenly is seeking to answer the question of UFOs life-threatening? This is another investigator who is getting... Ooh, one... The world's top UFO experts are being murdered. One by one. Wow. Very close to information on official disclosure that's now been found dead. I've talked to a lot of pilots... See, they, they really, really, really are... I mean gigantic on on controlling the narrative what gets out when it gets out and the progression they wanted to get out and that's why the soft disclosure is orchestrated and it's being done incrementally but it's only the information they want you know you to know about here and they've all admitted that they've seen ufos but they kind of keep quiet about it uh, the government discounts every single report that ever seems to come out every ufo report I'm about the only person willing to get in front of the camera and talk about the UFOs that were flying overhead. Promises of earth-shattering news are being quietly whispered by scientists and government insiders. Is something about to happen that was prophesied in the Holy Bible? So, again, that's what we're all about. We're, I'm, um, uh, so much of this ministry has... has that's its, its thrust now. It's reconciling... The whole alien UFO deception agenda, Nephilim agenda included. Jesus says, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Biggest thing going on Noah's day was fallen angels interbreeding with women and were born into them, these giants, the men of old, the men of renown, also referred to as the Nephilim. Reconciling all that together biblically so that you're prepared when this happens. Which is really the, the backbone of the coming strong delusion is what I believe. I just don't see a better possible scenario for that. So let's go ahead and end part one here. And we are going to continue with this vein of thought in the next part. God bless you and see you in part two. Scott Johnson's 1,000 plus audio teachings and PDF documents are available for free 24-7 on the internet at contendingfortruth.com. That's C-O-N-T-E-N-D-I-N-G-F-O-R-T-R-U-T-H.com. In addition, we also offer a free Christian current event and health email newsletter. You can sign up at contendingfortruth.com. 
These email newsletters typically only generate about three to six emails per month if you subscribe to both lists. Please prayerfully help us to continue this work. For mail correspondence or to support this ministry, our mailing address is Scott Johnson, 2359 Highway 70 Southeast, number 321, Hickory, NC, 28602. Or on the internet, a PayPal donation link can be found at contendingfortruth.com. Thank you and may the Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you.